0: Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Hi, Candace. Hi, Annie. Here we are again, another episode of Out of Line. Um, We just finished talking about our year in our learning center this year. Um, We're still standing. We've recovered a little. We've rested a little bit more. Um, And, you know, this season, more than ever before on Out of Line, we recorded separately, which is, again, another thing that... um, we really worked out to figure out how to make our time work. We both had a lot going on this this spring. Um, you mentioned in our last episode that you were out for a few weeks, and um, and and that that affected everybody. But we made it through with the podcast, and we had some really great episodes. And since we didn't do them together, we thought maybe we could kind of talk about some of our favorite moments because um, we got to be a little bit of just a listener this year. I also pulled out as I was finally cleaning up from like going through my bag, like, you know, those memes, that's like, I don't need, I don't know who needs to hear this, but don't forget to empty your child's lunch bag. Otherwise in three months, you'll find something nasty. Yeah. I like had to do that for myself. (laughs) Um, But in that process, I found the beautiful Akila Richards card deck um, that she created and put out last year. Um, and I thought, you know, if anybody knows me, they know I love a good card deck. Anything to let me say, oh, the universe told me. Um, so I thought maybe we'd start with a card poll today.
1: That sounds good.
0: (laughs) Okay. Shuffling, shuffling. Tell me when to stop. Eyes are closed. And stop. Ooh, I pulled the purpose card, purpose, and it has an image that kind of looks like, um, to me, it looks like a fingerprint um, pattern. And on the back of the card, it says, our time together is finite. So whatever the current block between you, is it worth carrying? If it is, what might be the costs? And if there are costs, decide for yourself whether they are worth it ask what is the purpose of us together and is this current block worth trying to understand oh it's a lot about blocks and um purpose
1: do we have a block (laughs) having to do everything together (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: we took that block out (laughs) um that's so interesting. I, that's not at all like just based off the word purpose. That's not at all where I was expecting the card to go. But I mm-hmm. think that's like all of our de-schooling and deconditioning and deprogramming work is is finding those blocks. Um I think something that like is funny about our partnership is is I think a lot of people assume we were like really close friends and and jumped into this together. Um we were friends, but we were like, didn't know each other that well, because we both had little kids and you see people with little kids like once every six months at best. Um, but we connected early on about knowing that something needed to give with the way kids were being treated in the world of education Um <sighs> And we stayed like very focused a lot of times when we got together, that was the topic of conversation. Like we know we need to do something. What's it going to be? What's it going to look like? And then I think it took us like five or six years of knowing each other and having those conversations before somehow we landed on the self-directed education thing and found agile learning centers. And now together we're like removing some of those blocks that was keeping us, I mean, I wanted to do that. I always wanted, I thought, you know, I was in early childhood. I always thought I'd start an early childhood center or something. Um, but I was afraid and it seemed too big. And you'd come along and be like, Oh, I just called that building to see if that building's for sale. And it is, it's only $1.2 million. So I'm going to talk to an (laughs) investor. (laughs) Like you just made everything seem so easy.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. I think that like, One of the blocks early on was, like, what we probably thought we should do, Mm -hmm. you know, and is it worth it? Because even, like you said, you wanted to open an early childhood center or, like, we talked about a Montessori school and all the things that we think we should do because it fits perfectly into society or into what other people are looking for. And then we kind of went in this other direction of, like, we don't have to serve everyone, And life is short and these opportunities are finite and you know, what's going to fit us. And I think it took us a couple of years to even find that.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and there is um, yeah, that's funny. We definitely like, we're like Montessori. No. Waldorf. No. Like (laughs) we went through lots of different ideas and thoughts of like these um, concepts that I have, Come to call lately school light. Like it's school just by another name. Maybe it's a little gentler. Maybe it's a little smaller. Um, Typically, they're not very accessible. I think that was something that really was a sticking point for us. Um, We wanted to make sure that if we were going to offer something that we really thought was a better alternative or an alternative that didn't exist, it wasn't going to just be for kids of privilege who could access it, but really try and find something that was accessible um, yeah, I don't know where else I was going with that, but (laughs) we did it. We found it. We've made it accessible. Oh, and this is where I was going with it. It took a little bit of sacrifice from us, a little bit of awareness of like, yeah, I'm going to accept less. I'm going to take a paid demotion. I'm going to give up insurance. I'm going (laughs) to give up my free time (laughs) for me. (laughs) I'm going to go back to work. Um, yeah
1: and we found our purpose
0: we found our purpose um and yeah (laughs) we had to decide what the costs were and what if they were worth it and we have found um current our current purpose together is is providing a space where kids can be fully human and themselves And, um, in this podcast, we can share some of that journey and some of that overused word journey. I feel like a bachelorette contestant on my journey. Um, but really like this was, this is not easy work. And I think, um, by sharing some of our experience, it's helping me stay vulnerable and humble and honest about, uh, what this looks like and, how much work it's taking as a parent and also as an educator to kind of find all that lives within us. And that's been programmed and socialized over the years.
1: Lots of blocks, lots of blocks we don't even know about. (laughs) And when you find a block and remove a block, a new block shows up.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. And we had a conversation already that's going to come out in a later podcast about, um, Uh, we spoke to a woman named Rachel who was talking about how to support youth and who identify as LGBTQ. But one of the things that was brought up in that conversation was um, sometimes we have like almost like a jealousy towards kids because they get to be so free or so happy or so like able to pursue their own passions. And I think that is one of the blocks I did not see coming. Like when those first few young kids would like outright just be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like when I made a suggestion or something and being like, how do you get to be so free? How do you get to know exactly what you want to do? I'm over 40 years old and I don't know what I want to (laughs) do.
1: Yeah. when she said that I was thinking about it in terms of like, in my past, like as a child, I wasn't allowed to be free or loud or make my own choices or whatever, but it's sometimes it's like, no, actually today (laughs) in my life today, I'm not allowed to be free or I don't allow myself enough
0: freedom. Right. Or yeah, we have limiting thoughts or choices that we've made. All right. Moving on. What a year, what a season. We had some really, really awesome. We also had more guests, I think on this season than we've had in a long time, in our long time of two years doing this. Um, we kicked off with Ben and Genevieve. Oh my gosh. The, the like most brilliant, brightest young people sharing their own unschooling journey and talking about youth liberation, which I know just even like a handful of years ago, I would have rolled my eyes and scoffed a little at the term youth liberation. I have come to fully change my stance on like really realizing that it is something that we need to pay attention to because I think more than ever control and compliance is like the name of the game in all almost all adult child relationships um the primary ones at least like school relationships parent dynamics uh, grandparent dynamics babysitter dynamics I think the general population believes kids are less than or empty vessels or are like inherently going to make the wrong decisions if we don't point them in the right direction. And it was really nice to hear from Ben and Genevieve, who are young people living an unschooling life, um, what their experience has been.
1: Yeah, they were really impressive and it was so nice to just like see in action what an unschooling teen is able to accomplish and, you know, hearing from Ben about his like day and, you know, also how they're planning their, um, road trip and everything. It was just really cool to hear.
0: Yeah. And to be at the stage of life where it's like, what's happening next, right? Like once you get to that, like 17, 18 years of age, like the options suddenly widen and, um, the world views you as an adult who's capable of making decisions. So it's been fun to watch and they're off now on their, their road trip and and hopefully starting to record and we'll get to see some of that soon.
1: Yeah, that's really exciting. Uh,
0: the episode after that was um, adventure grandma, my, my grandmother in law um, Greg's mom or Greg's grandma, um, Wilma, who's just delightful. She's a delightful human And, um, I don't know, I've learned so much about love and patience from her and fun. Like really, she's super fun. Um, and I, I felt really nervous interviewing her. Oh, why? Well, first of all, like when you're interviewing a 92 year old, um human who's been alive without technology and zoom for their whole life like just even like how are we going to make this work technologically logistically um but then also uh I don't know she just like somebody I know and trust and love and and to like open up and be like okay tell me and also have a little bit of fear of like she could say some really conventional traditional stuff but um no it was a fun episode to, to be part of. And just like, I, it's one, I actually, one of the few that I wish I could share some of the video um, because like Greg just gets the biggest smile when he's talking to his grandma and she gets the biggest smile talking to him. Um, We didn't have her video. She was just audio, but anyways, they're just cute to watch talking to each other.
1: And then you did, you
0: did two episodes with Keith. So, right? Yes, Kisa, Kisa Marks Marks. Kisa Marks of Kid Crew Adventures. Oh, gosh, she's been so brilliant. And she's like just taking off right now. If you don't follow her, go to Kid Crew Adventures and follow her. She's um, early childhood based out of Chicago area and just talks about creating genuine, authentic spaces for families to arrive as themselves. She also, oh, my um, gosh, she just had like this gross flood of raw sewage due to a plumbing issue in her space and had to like fully throw everything out and oh restart so I forgot about that so go to her page also and donate some money to her because man that woman is doing the work (laughs) oh wow okay (laughs) (laughs) That's a nightmare um, of
1: mine. right? Oh, video games with Dan and Kai. Video that games with Dan and Kai one. was the
0: next episode. And that was really fun. And I feel like it was really like mm-hmm. um, created some monumental shifts within us and our approach to how we view and honor screens, both as parents and facilitators. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely as a parent, I find it. Uh, it was really it was helpful it was helpful for me because my son had at that time just started playing Minecraft and I was just like how long do we play this for like all day or an hour or you know and and hearing from Dan and Kai and just the experience and how Dan used something I think he called it hard fun talking about video games and how they're fun but they're hard and you have to focus and put effort into it. And I, I, that really clicked with me. Like that's true. You know, there's still a lot of effort and focus and, and work that goes into playing video games, but they're just so fun too.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that um, we've heard like Peter Gray has made the point over the years that um, kids often choose video games because it's the only place where their play is not controlled because oftentimes the parents, grownups, adults in the room don't know what's happening and can't control it. Um, Which is kind of a sad point. Like, why are we involving ourselves so much in their actual real life play that they have to turn to that? But it also doesn't have to be like a sad thing. Like there is so much that they're learning and growing and doing and I know one of the things that I've hated over the years is like when my kids watch other people do things um, online and and finding some value in that, that there's like a lot to learn by watching other people play video games. It was really interesting to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's like from the facilitator standpoint. And I, went, I had a conversation with the young people in our space about it. And I had said to them, why can't you just... Play video games at home. Why do you have to play them here? And they said the same thing. Like, because we're collaborating and we're learning from each other and talking to each other. And it's, wow, that's, <laughs> that's a really good explanation that I really didn't hadn't thought of before. Right, we take it for granted.
0: Oh, I loved our 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 next episode was Carla Carla Marie Williams, the unschooling mama. You got to talk to her. Um, about unschooling traps
1: yeah that was a good one too I really liked talking with Carla I always like talking with Carla she has great things to say she has six kids I think and it's just I, I love learning from her because she she does set parameters around her unschooling with her kids and and it's interesting to see uh, her kids are older, so it's nice to see how much the, her kids are learning mm-hmm. and how much her kids are experiencing the world and um, how just like excited they look to take on every new adventure that they have.
0: Yeah. And I think um, she was one of the first people that we talked to just in general, like not just on this one episode, but who, uh, gave the allowance to unschool or to engage in self-directed education and however it works for your family. Like, so I think there's a lot of judgment or like um, some people think if there's any adult involvement, you're doing it wrong, or if there's any um, end result, like some, some kids, like she's had some kids who just have some really interesting things going on. It doesn't mean she expects that of all of her kids, but um, it's still exciting for her to share those those moments, those accomplishments. Um, it's nothing to be like hiding or shameful. Um, but yeah. And, and just knowing that she's kind of highlighted some of these traps, I think she had seven traps, um, that like, Ooh, it was like a reflective moment of like, I saw myself in some of those traps for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, LaToya, Latoya Nelson, who is just herself stepping out of the classroom and opening a, a more supportive learning center. I believe it's self-directed. Uh she joined with just some really awesome real talk about like being in a conventional classroom and how having to figure out how to center relationships. Um and she talked a little bit like on a higher level in the first episode and she came back to break it down and like how to do it. And I think that was really cool to hear that, like even just asking for the people in your class to share their favorite songs or songs that have gotten them through a hard time. So she could make a playlist so that while they're doing work, their music is playing like that shows them that their value is, is part of the classroom experience. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really cool. And I, I love I love when we get to talk to conventional classroom teachers because they are part of this work too.
1: Yeah. And learning how they center the children and center humanity in their classrooms is so important.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, We got into like a really big and deep and heady conversation about nature um, because I know that even as a person who didn't grow up, like I wasn't camping with my family. I did do some like light camping as a kid and and grew into it as an adult. But I just, from the moment that uh, I engaged in anything that felt like teaching with the natural world or outdoor um, stuff, I felt always like I wasn't enough. I felt like I wasn't certified. I didn't have my naturalist certificate i didn't know my backcountry first aid i you know like it just took me time to realize that i was enough and my knowledge of whatever ant or flower i could offer was was still enough to be a nature educator bringing natural things into a classroom you don't have to have a 40 acres wood to be a natural um an outside na- nature educator um, but then it, you know, came to another level when we really look at like access as far as race and culture and um, class and um, how there really does seem to be an element that is gatekept. you know, like there's some gatekeeping to nature that has happened over many, many years. And we got to have a really big conversation with Kisa Marks and Ashley Jefferson, who joined us to talk about their own experiences, um, not just teaching in nature, but also creating more of a sense of safety and comfort and access to the families that they work with, in particular for them as Black women um, who are nature educators.
1: And then the last one was finding the tools to center relationships. Yeah. So that's when
0: Latoya really broke it down for us and gave us like, here's, here's some really little ways that you can do to center the relationships. And, and that also was the first time, like, I don't think i realized I was an English teacher for a long time and I love semantics and I can get real nitty gritty with words, but, um, I even shifted from saying like child centered to relationship centered, because I think that that's something that coming into SDE, we didn't realize um or we felt challenged by anytime we had some sort of boundary that honored our needs as adults in the space we would have people around us who maybe felt like they were considered themselves radical unschoolers or or more you know officially sde than us or or had more experience with us who would kind of challenge us on that and say things like is that sde and it took me personally i think us together some time to wrap our heads around like how can we honor ourselves and the boundaries that we need to to feel healthy in this work also or to feel fulfilled or connected Um, and then it's not child centered it's relationship centered right like we're putting the humanity of both of our existences into this place
1: yeah I mean I think we both struggled a little bit at the beginning with that and just not feeling connected it's really hard to feel connected to another person when you're feeling maybe taken advantage of or, you know, upset with them. And also, like, we were kind of drained (laughs) by trying to be too SDE. And I know that's talked about a lot in the Agile Learning Center Network. Like, some people can start out just being extreme, to one end of the unschooling STE spectrum and, and really burn out. And so thinking about those relationships and how it is about us too, and we need to be happy and we need to be um, centered in our space as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think like what has come out of that is, is so much more than we ever realized, like by centering the relationship, by centering the needs of all the people um like to me, this is when people get what sometimes people question me, like, how do you parent without punishment, without discipline? And it's not that I we like parent these freewheeling kids who don't understand like what they contribute to the family or the environment, but uh, we do it together. And, and we, because we base it around that relationship, we see kids step up. Like we don't really have to fight kids to help clean up. And, and that's because we also honor when a kid can't be part of it for whatever reason doesn't want to has a physical limitation that day whatever Um, but they contribute because they see it as value to our community and not because it's something they have to do and I feel like that's where I've also been able to shift my parenting away from discipline and punishment it's like make it about the relationship and our, our collective needs and then you don't have to force people like, cause we actually do care about each other in this family or in this learning environment. We, we care about each other's needs too. And to me that felt more fully SDE than anything, any other messages I was getting about like, suck it up. You're the adult. It's all about the kid. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, that was a really fun season of recording. And um, I think there are a lot of you who are still catching up with that and then a few short um we've got another great lineup of guests and conversations we're having with each other and um we'll carry through with a slower pace of summertime learn how to not feel like we have to get all the words into these 20-25 minute episodes um and we're so appreciative of all the people out there listening and we love your feedback and we love, I, I mean, it just makes us keep going when you send us a message and just say like, oof, love the listen. Um, if you have suggestions, topics, challenges, we know we don't always say things right. Um, bring us your feedback, your input, your concerns, your questions, and we can address those on future episodes. Anything else to add, Candace? that's all (laughs) that's all folks thanks a lot for joining and listening and uh stay tuned for some really great episodes coming up on out of line find us at playvolutionhq.com use the code ool at checkout if you find something that is exciting to you and you want 10% off thank you for listening Bye. bye